Good morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We're making our way through the Gospel of John, and we're almost finished. For years, we've been going through it in the fall, and we're going to finish next week, Lord willing. John chapter 21. If you don't have a Bible with you, the text from this morning's message is reprinted on the back of your bulletin. In C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, how many of you have read it? Good. Not enough hands, but good. It's a seven-book fantasy series for children, and there are a lot of illusions and symbolism that um, makes the reader think of the Christian faith. In book three of The Chronicles of Narnia, it's called The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the reader is introduced to the most annoying character in all of fiction. Who is it? Eustace. Here's how it starts if you don't know book three of the Chronicles of Narnia. There was a boy named Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. His parents called him Eustace Clarence, and his schoolmasters called him Scrub. And I can't tell you how his friends talked about him, for he had none. One article I was reading this week was from a school teacher talking about the character of Eustace. And the teacher said, if I had a student like Eustace in my class, I mean, whiny, self-centered, sort of a bully. I mean, just can't get out of his own head. I mean, a character like that, a student like that, the teacher said, I would probably get fired for duct taping him to the wall. (laughs) Do you know someone like Eustace? Do you? Are you someone like Eustace? So in the story, Eustace comes into contact with the great lion Aslan and has his self-centeredness exposed. And having been changed by this great character Aslan and the exposure of his own self-centeredness, Eustace goes on to be a courageous hero, a flawed yet courageous hero. And the reason we love redemption stories is because if there's hope for Eustace, there's hope for me and there's hope for you. If there's hope for that kind of character, then there's hope for you and me. We love redemption stories, but not just in fiction. In the real world, we love redemption stories. And in John 21, we are going to see the great redemption story of the Apostle Peter. And if there's hope for Peter, then there's hope for you and for me. Let me pray, and then I'll read our text. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for redemption. Thank you for taking failure and turning it into victory. Thank you for taking our sins and washing us as white as snow so that sinners can be called holy in your sight, so that we could run into your arms in worship, in prayer, in Bible reading, in devotion, and that you walk with us even though we're flawed. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for redemption stories in fiction which make our hearts leap off the page. But thank you for redemption stories in this real world. Teach us this morning from the redemption story of Peter in John 21. Nourish us and feed us with the good food of your redemption. Help us receive this message with joy and gladness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 21. Today, 
we're looking at verses 15 through 19. This is the good and glorious word of our Redeemer. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. The finale of the redemption arc of the apostle Peter. In this text, Peter is restored to ministry to follow Jesus and feed the church, the sheep, until he dies. That's what we just read. Peter is restored to ministry to follow Jesus and feed the church until he dies. And the main message this morning is that fed followers feed forever. Fed followers feed forever. That's what's going on in this text. First, fed. Peter was fed by Jesus. Look at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Okay, stop there. Jesus literally fed Peter. He fed him breakfast. It was fish. They didn't mention bacon. I wish there was bacon. There needs to be more bacon in our breakfasts. But Jesus literally fed Peter, and he fed him over and over. He fed him more than once. You remember the feeding of the 5,000, right? Jesus had fish and bread, and he fed and he fed. Jesus literally feeds his people. We pray for this. Give us this day our daily bread. We are asking God to give us jobs so that we can work and make income so that we can buy bread and feed ourselves. We're asking Jesus to feed us. You will not eat today apart from the grace of God through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You will go to bed hungry tonight unless by his benevolent hand, your heavenly father provides meals for you. Every bite of nourishment is a gift. Jesus feeds us. Literally. But in our text, he's not just feeding Peter literally. He's feeding Peter spiritually. Jesus feeds his people spiritually. In talking about marriage in Ephesians 5, where the husband represents Jesus and the wife represents the church, the Apostle Paul gives us these glorious words. Ephesians 5.29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. So Paul says that Jesus is nourishing us. He's 
feeding us. He's keeping us healthy. He's keeping us strong. He's keeping us growing. And he cherishes us. He isn't just a chef who feeds a client. He's a chef who feeds his child. I love you. I will feed you. I will nourish you. Jesus nourishes his people and he loves us. He feeds us spiritually. And as Jesus reminds the enemy when he's being tempted in the wilderness, what does Jesus say? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus feeds us primarily with his words and with the word of God. He fed Peter with his words. He fed Peter with his life. He fed Peter with his example, right? He made Peter a disciple. He said, follow me. He taught him. He prayed with him. He did ministry with him. He performed miracles in front of him. And when Peter failed, publicly, famously, failure Peter, Jesus fed Peter with the greatest food you can feed someone. The greatest spiritual food is redemption. Peter Failed, And so Jesus fed him with redemption. That is what's going on in our text. Jesus gives his people the best spiritual food, redemption. Not just the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, amen, the forgiveness of our sins. But he takes our past failures and uses them for his glory and story. Sinners become saved. Prisoners are set free. Deniers, like Peter, are announcers. The lost are found. The whole world is a giant lost and found bin. We're lost until we're found. And then you're redeemed. And redemption is the food Peter receives. Not just fish on that fire. But look at the redemption. Look at verse 15. Here's the spiritual food of redemption that Peter is fed with. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now look at verse 16. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now look at verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times Peter gets to publicly declare that he is with Jesus three times. But Peter, after the third time, is hurt. It says he was grieved. He's offended. Why are you asking me again? Like if my kid asked me, do you love me? And I say yes. And he asked me again, I would say, didn't you hear me the first time? But a third time, Jesus asks Peter. And Peter is hurt, but he's going to realize in this moment that he is being redeemed. Why? Because Peter's story, what Peter was now famous for, was publicly failing Jesus three times. So Jesus knows what he's doing. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? What do you mean? Yes, I love you. Peter comes to realize that Jesus is saying, Peter, you denied me once. You denied me twice. You denied me three times. I am now sending you to tell the world about my grace and redemption because I know you love me once. I know you love you twice. I know you love me three times. Your story is now a redemption story. You failed me thrice, but I know you love me thrice. The failure passage where Peter fails is in John 18. Don't turn there, but you can read it later. 
Peter had denied Jesus three times on the night Jesus was betrayed, right before the rooster crowed. And so he has this audible reminder. He's standing around a fire and then he denies Jesus three times in front of all these people and then the rooster crows. And he's just burnt with shame and sorrow. I can't believe I failed Jesus on the night he needed me most. I failed him. And when he did that, During those three failures, it wasn't just the rooster crow that he heard, but he was warming himself up around a charcoal fire. So if you remember last fall, we preached through this passage, and I mentioned that the word for fire in the New Testament is pyro, pyromaniacs, pyrotechnics. Any pyromaniacs here? Okay, I didn't want to see any hands. So in the New Testament, the word pyro is used for fire 74 times. And there's two other times that fire is mentioned in the New Testament. And it's the word for charcoal fire. And the first of two times the word is used for charcoal fire was at the failure of Peter. He was standing around a charcoal fire and he smelled it. And smell brings back memories. He denied Jesus once, twice, and three times. And the only other time in the Bible, the other word for fire is used is right here. Before our passage begins, the fire that cooked the breakfast of redemption for Peter. Look at it. If you have your Bible open, John 21, verse 9. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place. So friends, Jesus fed Peter fish from a charcoal fire. You can smell that and smell brings back memories. Up until that point, charcoal fire would have reminded Peter, I failed, I failed, I failed. But now Jesus has restored him. He's been fed with redemption. Now he's going to be not an eater of fish, but a fisher of men. And the next time he smells charcoal, he's going to remember that he's been redeemed not once, not twice, but three times by Jesus. Jesus is feeding Peter spiritually with redemption, and then he sends him back on the mission. Peter was fed by Jesus. Fed with redemption. And fed followers follow forever. Fed followers feed forever. Fed followers feed forever. So Peter was fed. Second, Peter's a follower. Followers, point two. Look at the end of verse 19. After saying a bunch of things, it says, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Think about Peter. Peter had failed. He had famously failed. Jesus is restoring him, giving him a second chance in a sense, a new lease on life, a new mission. Go out and announce my kingdom again. But Peter is not fully fixed. Peter is still flawed. He is still a flawed follower of Jesus. He was redeemed and invited by Jesus to follow me again. Follow Jesus again. Even though he's still in need of improvement. Are you still in need of improvement? I am. I heard a great quote about Jonah uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, Someone was talking about Jonah. And you know Jonah, he's running away from God. And God still uses him to preach the message of God, even though Jonah is an absolute mess. And the quote was, God was working through Jonah while he was still working on Jonah. God was working through Jonah while he was still working on Jonah. And you could say it about Peter right here. He's not an arriver. He's a follower of Jesus. God was working through Peter while he was still working on Peter. Do you believe that about yourself? 
That God can work through you even though he's still working on you? That's the only thing we can believe. In fact, we can't be useful to God unless God is working on us and making us new and giving us new life and joy and hope and mission. God is working through us while he's still working on us. Jesus does not say, arrive at me. He says, follow me. We will arrive. Jesus will return. The new heavens and the new earth are coming. But until then, we're followers and we're flawed followers. Peter was flawed, but he followed the one who fixes. And you can't fix yourself before you follow. Jesus fixes us while we follow. He doesn't say arrive. If you think you have to arrive to be useful to Jesus, you have it backwards. Follow Jesus and he'll work through you while he still works on you. So what is the main characteristic then of a follower? Since we're flawed, since our skills and abilities aren't the main important ingredient, what is the most important part of a follower? It's who has fed us. If Jesus has fed you the meal of redemption, you were a sinner, now you're saved. You were lost, now you're found. You were fed with the story of redemption for your story. Then you're a fed follower and he will work through you while he's still working on you. And that's really, really good news. It was good news for Peter and it's good news for you and me. Fed followers feed forever. Fed followers feed forever. The third line is feed. Once you've been fed by Jesus, you have a story of redemption. You're on mission to now feed God's people, the church. Earlier in John, in John 10, if you don't know how Jesus talks about himself throughout the Gospel of John, uh, we learn that Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. So he's the good shepherd and God's people are the sheep and Jesus loves the sheep and Jesus was going to lay down his life for the sheep. So Jesus in our text is saying to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my people. If you love me, feed the church, the people of God. Look at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's likely saying there, uh, look at the other disciples. Do you love me more than they even love me? Are you all in, Peter? Are you all in? And this is important because Peter earlier in the gospel said, Jesus, I would die for you. I would give, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. So Jesus is saying, do you really love me? Am I first in your life? Are you really going to say you love me more than anything else? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, feed my lambs. Verse 16, said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep. Said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter gets hurt. And then after he starts to realize what's going on, Jesus says, feed my sheep. What does a fed follower do? Fed by redemption, a follower not a having arrived her. What does a fed follower do? A fed follower of Jesus feeds. That's why we're here to feed God's people. We feed the people of Jesus, the church. Jesus died for his bride, the church. And if you love Jesus, I have good news and bad news. You are invited to love his bride, the church. And if you love Jesus, 
you will love the other flawed followers of Jesus. And it's easy to love followers of Jesus, but it's not as easy to love the flawed followers of Jesus, is it? And be honest, you're not so easy to love sometimes either. Because I'm not so easy to love sometimes either. If you love Jesus, you will love his bride, the church, and feed his sheep. If you love Jesus, you will serve his bride, the church. You'll support the ministries of your local church. If you love Jesus, you will feed his bride. And here's a true statement. If you love Jesus, you can't hate the church. You can't love Jesus but hate the church. If you love Jesus, you will love his bride. Let's say you and I are getting coffee and we're talking for a while and we're getting to know each other. And you say, Pastor Dave, I think you're awesome. But I can't stand your wife. I don't know how much more coffee we would share together. (laughs) Shocking, right? Right? Plot twist. Some people say, I love Jesus, but I can't stand Christians. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. I love Jesus, but I don't want to gather on a Sunday with the bride of Christ. I love Jesus, but I can't stand his wife, his bride. That's not an option for followers of Jesus. Fed followers feed. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you know what I'm calling you to do? Feed the people of Jesus. And this is the gospel paradigm. Jesus feeds Peter. Peter gives out that food to others. Jesus models redemption for Peter. Peter goes into the world and preaches the good news of redemption. This is the paradigm of the gospel. He loves us, we love others. Jesus heals us, we heal others. He forgives us, we forgive others. He listens to us, we listen to others. He gives his life for us, we put other people first. He prays for us, we pray for others. He's patient with us, we try really hard to be patient with others. Loved followers love. Forgiven followers forgive. Fed followers feed. So I have two questions for you. If fed followers feed the church, are you fed with redemption? Do you know you were a sinner who is saved? Do you know how lost you were and how found you are? Do you know how blind you were and how much you can see now? Do you know your big failure and how Jesus has washed it white as snow? Remove that sin as far as the east is from the west. If you have repented of your sins and trusted in him for salvation, do you know you've been fed with redemption? Okay, if you do, that's the first question. Second question, how are you feeding the sheep? If you've been fed, how are you feeding? Well, just ask yourself, have you been fed? Some of you come from a background where you grew up in a certain kind of church and you understood the relationship with God to be, you have to be good enough to earn your way to God. You have to arrive to get to God. And you have come to find the Protestant truth, the Reformation truth, that people are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, and you have been set free. You are here to remind the rest of us, the sheep of Jesus, that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. You are here to remind people the burden of law-following relationship with God can be lifted from people weighed down by that burden. And you're here to share that story and feed the sheep.
If you've been fed that way, you're here to feed us that way. Fed followers feed. How have you been fed? Have you learned to study your Bible and worked really hard at it? Well, then show up for Sunday school and participate with us. Share your wisdom with us. Feed the sheep. Join a growth group. Or take one man or one woman alongside and say, let's get together for coffee and let's study the Bible together. And I'll help you learn what God has taught me. Fed followers feed. How have you been fed? Have you learned how to pray? And God has trained you. You said, teach me to pray, Lord. And God has given you a burden and heart for prayer. Then show up on the third Sunday of the month at our house of prayer. And help us feed with prayer and learn how to pray. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Then show up on the third Sunday of the month at our house of prayer and learn with us. We're asking God, teach us to pray because prayer is a huge way you can feed the church. If you don't know how to feed the church this week, you have no other ideas. Pray every day for this church that others would come to be fed by Jesus with the food of redemption. How have you been fed? Fed followers feed. How have you been fed? Peter now knows redemption. He failed three times. He was restored three times. He's never going to forget grace. He's been fed. And so if you don't know how to feed, maybe I just need to ask you this question. What's your biggest failure? What's your most shameful embarrassing, only possible to share through tears, failure. Well, Jesus took Peter's and turned it into a story for his glory. How have you failed? And how have you been fed? Were you a drunkard? And Jesus fed you with sobriety and self-control. And now you're sober and can lead others to freedom from addiction. Feed, fed followers feed. Were you angry and Jesus has fed you with peace and reconciliation? Well, now you're a peacemaker in your home or at school or in your workplace. Fed followers feed. Were you a gossip? Well, Jesus was slandered for you and taught you to protect reputations. And now you can be trusted with prayer requests. Fed followers feed. Were you a terrorist? You know, it's interesting. We like to hear some of the stories that we share. I'm praying that some of these Hamas terrorists will find the Lord Jesus Christ and they will be burdened with the unbearable weight of their own sin and find Jesus and repent and trust in him and turn themselves over to the authorities and go to prison and witness in prison about the redemptive grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fed followers feed Were you addicted to your phone and Jesus freed you from that? Now you can help other people learn to put those phones down and spend time with the sheep of Jesus. Were you selfish with money? Jesus generously freed you from that and you can be generous with others. Fed followers, feed. What's your biggest failure? Maybe that's how you'll feed one or two or five or a hundred other people with your past failures. Because every past failure in Jesus' name is a testimony to his glory and the food of redemption that he feeds us. Fed followers feed. So feed. But fed followers feed forever. That's our last point. Fed followers feed forever. In our passage, Jesus is saying to Peter, uh, follow me and feed others And by the way, you're going to have a very exciting death. 
So follow me and feed others until you die. Thinking back on Peter's journey, remember I said earlier that Peter was boasting, I'll follow you, I'll follow you. That's in John 13. You don't have to turn there. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me. So Jesus said, you can't follow me, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Jesus said, will you lay down your life for me? That's not how it works, in other words. And then Jesus says, listen to these words from John 13. Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. This is the failure passage. Jesus was saying, you can't follow me to the cross. I'm the one who has to die for you. It's not the other way around. Peter says, I can do it. I won't fail you. Jesus says, you will. And it happens. Peter denies him three times by a charcoal fire. Now in our passage, look at verse 18 and 19. Oh, there it is again. Around a charcoal fire. Truly, truly, I say to you, not the rooster's going to crow after you mess up. When you were young, you used to dress yourself. And wherever, walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands. The language of crucifixion. Another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And John tells us, verse 19. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying all that, he said, follow me. Follow me. Jesus says again, you can't follow me to my cross. You can't do that. But once you understand what I've done for you, then you can follow me to your death. Fed followers feed forever. Our whole life. Fed followers feed forever. If you're a Christian, your mission is to feed God's people with the food you've been given by Jesus for the rest of your life. Your mission is to glorify God and enjoy him forever by participating and supporting and contributing to and loving and praying for and using your gifts for and and loving the people, the flawed followers of Jesus in a local church. That's how we feed the sheep. We love God's people. We share our story. We pray for one another. We bear one another's burdens. We weep when one another weeps. We rejoice when one another rejoices. So there's no such thing as a retired Christian. We don't retire from this mission. Peter, feed my sheep until you die. You're going to have an exciting death. Brothers and sisters in Christ, feed the sheep until you die. You might not have an exciting death. I hope you don't die like Peter. I hope they're not doing public executions of Christians in our land in our day. There's no promise. But that was the call to Peter. Feed forever. Jesus feeds us and we feed others until we die. If God gives you more time in your schedule, maybe as you get older, that's extra time for the mission. In the bulletin, it talks about the Sunday school class I'm going to be teaching for the Encore group. Encore here, we call it like 55 plus or the older generation, the saints who are here with the wisdom and joy and the story and the testimony of how God has walked with them through life. We're going to be exploring in that Sunday school class in November, how the saints of that generation can proclaim the might of God to the next generation. If you're an older saint than me, you're here to remind the rest of us that we can trust God and follow Jesus until we die. You are proof that Jesus is faithful. You are proof that Jesus is gracious. You are proof that Jesus can change anybody. And you're proof that Jesus still works through people while he's still working on them. 
You're proof that fed followers feed forever. So join that Sunday school class if you're in the Encore cohort. Fed followers feed forever. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Feed my sheep until you die. And even in your death, you'll glorify God. So how can we close? We're going to sing, turn your eyes in a moment. Here's the final verse. Turn your eyes to the heavens. Our king will return for his own. Every knee will bow, every tongue will shout, all glory to Jesus alone. Fed followers feed until we die. We're waiting for the day when Jesus returns. Fed followers feed forever, but it's even better than that. Guess what? We don't stop eating when Jesus returns. We are fed by Jesus and feed others until we die, and then we feast. Revelation 19, I heard what seemed like the voice of a great multitude, the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! The Lord our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb. Remember the bride? We're here to prepare the bride to feed the sheep of Jesus until that last day. The bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. The fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Listen to this, verse 9. And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Fed followers feed forever, and then we feast with Jesus forever. The food will be even better than charcoal cooked fish or the bacon you had this morning. We will feast with Jesus. And until that day, fed followers feed forever for our good and the good of the church and the glory of Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, we're hungry, and you feed us. We've failed, and you forgive us. You invite us to follow you, even though we're flawed. And you work through us, even while you're working on us. Help us this week to be fed with the redemption food of your son, Jesus. Help us to follow him this week in all you call us to do. Help us to feed others with our time and our energy and our resources. And help us to long for the day when Jesus returns and to stay on the mission you've given us of feeding your church until we die. Thank you that even in our death, it will glorify you and be good for the testimony of the church. Help us as fed followers feed your people forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.